I love it. Oh, I love hard candy. You love hard candy? I love hard candy. You do love hard candy. I do. Here's the movie Hard Candy. There's a movie called Hard Candy. It's a horror movie. Oh, no, I'm not. Hey, Wilson. I'm not down. Welcome yeah. back. Hey, my man. Welcome back. Yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Now. There's a Mrs. now attached to the hooky name. She's now. not taking the name, though. She's only abbreviating her name. She's abbreviating her name. <laughs> As Wilson is hinting towards, I got married since our last uh, episode came out. Yeah, man. That's um, awesome. But yeah, Wilson was there. Um, we recorded a podcast we before did. the wedding, but we um, we're having some technical difficulties with it, so we aren't sure if we'll be able to release Share it to the one. public, yeah. unfortunately. Hopefully that, that'll get changed. We'll try to figure yeah. that out. But um, so. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Key in the Lake. Uh, this is Jake, by the way. I always Hello. forget to introduce myself, and Wilson, as you do, uh, saying hi already. Um, Wilson, what's new? Oh, man. So many new things. So many great things. The summer, uh, we're heading into the last month of the summer, as, we, as we're experiencing, and um, getting ready for that uh, Labor Day weekend already. Um, we got a new whiskey in at Delilah's, so go buy Delilah's, say hi to Mike Miller, say hi to Phil, say hi to a bunch of other great people that work there, get a, get a pour of Rolling Standard, our new Midwestern four grain. Nice. Um, that's phenomenal. Um, it actually has a kind of a scotch um, body to it, yeah. personally, I think. Definitely. Um, but while lending itself to the weeded bourbon and the... Um, um, flavor profile that nice. it also offers. It makes it versatile. And we um, aren't here alone at Beguile no, International Recording we Studios. Are not we today. are back. If you hear the AC in the background, you might hear yeah. a little bit of that. It's kind of a hot day, muggy day here in it Chicago, so we need the it's AC. But um, we are fortunate to have with us a guest, a Scotch guest, if a you will. Scotch guest, yeah. Ben, welcome what to up, the ben? podcast. Thanks. Great to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I am a Scotch guest of America. Uh, ben is uh, a member of the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society um, here in the U.S. He helps them run their company here. He also runs his own page called the Single Malt Alliance as well on Instagram. As he said earlier, he is a 14-year-old girl, according to his data plan and his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Heavy user. Aren't we all these days? Gotta keep up aren't, with the gram. We, aren't we all? Yeah, we got to do it for the gram, too. It's, uh, it's a little bit of an addicting issue, as Wilson's on his phone right now as we record a podcast. Well, I actually was looking for his, oh. his Instagram page. Why? Because it's good radio? I haven't been I active was, for I a full was, seven minutes. I was, curious. <laughs> I was just curious. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get to follow him beforehand. Yeah. So. It is kind of bad when I was traveling all through Europe, and the first thing I did every morning is like get up and look at Instagram. I'm like, what happened Oof. in the U.S. overnight? Oof. Yeah. <laughs> did the Cubs win? Did the Cubs win? <laughs> Did, did someone say something stupid or mm-hmm. mean or just out of character or maybe in character, but just not properly, you know? Anyways, um, <laughs> it's, I have found that Instagram alone, I mean, do you find it social? You know, I, I think it's, yes. I mean, short, yes. It, as far I, as I mean, engagement I mean, for you. Well, so, I mean, social in the sense that, yes, I, I do enjoy connecting with people and conversing with people every day. Yeah. Okay. I think it's very antisocial when you go into a public place and everybody's looking at their phone and nobody's really right. engaging in people around them. I Thank think you. That's, I, yeah, yeah, I'm that's, happy I think, that you actually differentiated the two because yeah. that was my point. That was yeah. where I was hoping this, this, this tangent yeah. would go. Yeah. <laughs> How have you, like, when you're... I mean, obviously, a lot of your work just involves Instagram, mm-hmm. involves social media. Do you interact with people a lot on there? Is it? Do you look, like wait for the questions to come in and or comments to come in so you can actually create that conversation? Well, you know, I think my personal Instagram account, the Single Malt Alliance, it's it really started off as just me sharing, you know, my own personal whiskey journey, just yeah. discovering different single malts in it, and it's called the Single Malt Alliance just because I tend to prefer the the style of malt whiskey. I, mm. I, I enjoy all whiskey, and that nice. was really kind of just 
for me, I've always held on to that. And Ben hates bourbon. <laughs> I, don't, oh. I don't hate bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I think look, if I were to reach for a whiskey a hundred times, maybe ninety of them would be small whiskey of gotcha. some sort, you yeah. know, and then throw some bourbons, which is maybe, maybe that ratio is evolving a bit, you know, um, kind of become more balanced. To each but, their own. No, but I, I think it's, it was just really kind of just a me using Instagram as a creative outlet. You yeah. know, I enjoy art and yeah. kind of the time I didn't really have, have a chance to do much of it in my, in my day job. So mm-hmm. it was a nice little creative escape. And it's since evolved that into more of an engaging sort of conversation. Mm-hmm. I think I've become a bit more experienced with whiskey and, you know, really just, I don't know, really excited to share everything I've learned with people who want to learn it. Yeah. You know, I, I guess I, I learned so much about whiskey through my peers. And so I'm trying to just give back in a sense. And so, yeah, it's become really engaging. And I try to answer every question if I can. Mm. It's not always possible. Just <laughs> not at least in a sitting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, yeah, I'm, try, I'm really, it's always a constant uh, effort to, to strike balance between yeah. the life in front of you or tra- traveling, as you said. I, you yeah. know, I really try to make an effort to when I'm away on vacation, just delete the app. Oh, for yeah. A period of time and just kind Smart. of step away. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> I deleted the app one time for a period of time. And yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, I miss, like, photography and art. It was, like, yeah. the only way. It was, like, your own little gallery that way. Yeah. Now yeah. it's turned into number one way to advertise your companies in your butt. But. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I remember that. I was, you know, when Instagram first rolled out, I was one of the one of the early adopters. Same, and yeah. Yeah. It was just a bunch of photographers sharing their own. Right. Work with some yeah. really artsy hipster caption and you used to get discredited like, too if yeah. it's like if a user camera and loaded uploaded it up there like iphone only yeah know? yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. all pics are mine iphone only yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they would put their equipment on the actual yeah, profile I rem- yeah the profile and the link and everything to their actual <laughs> website yeah. to their yeah, portfolio whatnot it it's, has evolved it's really changed yeah well i mean that's i mean that's why i ask i mean is it social because um obviously um you have a nice steady engagement rate where i think for the first time since i met um Chris with from uh, Urban Bourbonist um, hmm. a couple of weeks ago, I found myself on when he posted um, in regards to my brand Union Horse Distilling Company. Shout out to Union Horse. Um, <laughs> Shameless plug. That the that same night, I think I was up for two hours just mm. engaging with people. Really, they were asking questions or giving you know where can I get this or hey where where can I you know what's this about what's this and this and this what else do you have? I think I was I was at it for two hours and my phone was so hot because I never <laughs> use it that often or that oh, that much. I was like, man, that that was cool. Now that's what I that's what I want out of Instagram as far as the social platform is concerned, yeah. not just scrolling and liking pics for the shit of liking pics. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And that's but what I, you want. Yeah. You want that engagement. You that's want the that whole engagement. Point. I yeah. like the likes. I love it. Keep keep them coming. But I want to talk to you. <laughs> right. If you're on the other side of the world, you know, this is this is my shot. Yeah. You know, but you also bring up a per, a, a phenomenal point, which I was hoping that would come up, and that's. It's also antisocial, hmm. you know. But anyway, speaking of that, what are we drinking? <laughs> How is that antisocial? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Well, it's anti- it's antisocial because like it's like what Ben it's the said. Reverse. You know, it's the reverse. Well, yeah. I know, mean, a lot we talk people about people are on their phones. They're not true. talking to one another. I mean, what we talk about a lot too is the engagement, lack of engagement at bars. Um, when people drop into a bar yeah. and they sit at their phone and no one, you can't have that conversation with people around you, which yeah. we anticipate when we go to have a drink somewhere Correct. is engaging not only with the people behind the bar but the people around the bar too yeah. but anyway it's, it's yeah the subtle well, glow of iPhone screens and Samsung 10s and whatnot <laughs> it's just not sexy anymore 
going to the bars isn't sexy anymore. Is a scotch sexy, Wilson? Scotch can be sexy. <laughs> ben, are, tell us about this. I, I brought some sexy whiskey, I guess. <laughs> um, these are three. Yeah, I, you know, I just was came from the office just now. I, I brought a few bottles from uh, all from the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society, and you know, this. For everybody listening, if, if you're familiar with it, you know, forgive me for yeah. you redundant. But but if you're new to Please. it, it's, it's a yeah, it's a pretty big thing over in the UK, uh, and really it's growing quickly in the US for, you know, for the first time. But you know, we are a whiskey club, mm-hmm. probably the, the largest in the world at this point, uh, with thousands of members around the world. And you know, we're based in Edinburgh, and started about 35 years ago. A group of friends bought a single cask of whiskey from oh, nice. a Speyside distillery. Well, not name that it said distillery at this point, but bought the cask, and it was in 1983. And like in the 80s, think about single malt whiskey consumption. It, w- it wasn't very common, especially in the early 80s. Yep. Everybody, if you're drinking Scotch whiskey, you're drinking the big blends, mm-hmm. yeah. big blends, the kind of just easy to drink, 40 40 percent ish whiskeys. And so to to buy a full cask and then taste the whiskey from the cask, it's a very different experience. First of all, the alcohol content. You realize, wow! It's most whiskey's diluted before it's bottled, mm-hmm. so to taste it from a cask, just remarking on the the strength of the whiskey, the flavor, the intensity, um, it's just a different experience. And so, a cask was purchased in 1983, brought back and shared with a group of friends, and then after that, people <laughs> said, "Let's pull our money together, let's buy another one, another nice. one." And so, <laughs> the Scotch Whiskey Society was, you know, started off of this group of friends who were just really sharing sharing their love for whiskey. And so, that's awesome. Um, We've gone up to you know over 140 different distilleries that oh, we've, wow. we've partnered wow. with at this point, and every year we release hundreds of whiskeys around the world. Mm-hmm. In the U.S. alone, we'll get a few hundred, um, approximately this year. And so every yeah every month we have different single cask whiskeys. And the cool thing about single cask whiskey is no two are ever alike, and so it's kind of like fingerprints. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. you can you can cut down a tree and put you know form two different casks yeah. in a warehouse side by side, fill them with new make spirit let them rest for the same amount of time. And then at the end of, say, let's just arbitrary number, 10 years, yeah. try the two whiskeys, they'll taste different. And yeah. so I think a lot of people are starting to realize that, that that's a thing, that yeah. whiskey being a natural product can really vary from cask to cask. And so we celebrate that. Mm-hmm. So this is a, you know, I, I like to start off with a bang when introducing people. <laughs> yeah. this, this is a pretty big one. This is just a classic American Oak Speyside, 29 year old. 29, 29 years old. We call it cask 39.169. Um, 39 is the distillery code. It's the 39th distillery we've ever bottled a whiskey from. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, we don't put the name of the distillery on the bottle, which is pretty unique to us because a couple of reasons. One, you know, being that no two casts are alike, we want the whiskey to do the talking. Yeah. I mean, think Good of how point. often you, you go to get a whiskey at a bar or purchase a bottle off a shelf, mm-hmm. and you can't help but prejudge a whiskey or what you're mm. based on the previous experience with the brand. You know, for instance, I don't want to call any anyone out. No, call, them out. But call, call them out. Call them out. Think of like one, one of the single malts that got me into it was Macallan Twelve. Like okay. We've all had Macallan yes. Twelve, yeah. right? Yeah, I served it at my wedding day. Like it's just it's a classic. And but you know when you go order a bottle of excuse me when you go order a dram, let's say of Macallan Twelve at the bar, you kind of know what you're getting. Yeah. I mean, there's an expectation there. Correct. Um, sure. But if we were bottle so the bottle whiskey for from Macallan, for instance, the whiskey's not going to taste anything like that. One, it's not a blend of different casks. It would be a, a cast that's very different from what you, know, you get from the distillery. So if we were to put the name on the bottle, I think that would be a bit misleading. Instead, mm. we just think the whiskey should do the talking and not judge like it at that. all. I love that. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, well, I yeah. like that approach. Obviously, it's a it's fruition. Yeah, and so you know we're really proud of every whiskey we bottle, and so cool. at that point, let it do the talking. It also allows us to bottle whiskey from some distilleries that don't typically sell single cask yep. to gotcha. the third parties, so independent bottlers. Like 
Yeah. So this is their only way. Well, not the only way. Yeah, this yeah. is the way you guys like to do it. And they're like, yeah, we can do that. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. But I, I do think our members really appreciate the fact that, you know what? It, we're not going to judge the whiskey before we taste it. It allows people to explore distilleries that they're probably unfamiliar with. True. You, you true. know, just smaller, lesser known yeah. brands that don't have the marketing arm to really yeah. get attention in the U.S. Yeah, that's my experience, though. At the, Has at, it? At, um, Flyless two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yeah, oh, we, there's one or, one or two uh, distilleries that I, I don't think I ever had some of their stuff. Okay, yeah. okay. But I ended up buying a Balbalair. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it was, it's, yeah, in, it's in the so. mail. It's coming. Yeah. It's coming soon. <laughs> yeah. My first, uh, my first whiskey from the society. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I just wanted to call out that it just started storming. This is perfect whiskey weather. Oh, and it there's is. nothing it like is. to see whiskey yeah. in the rain. This is a weird day. Yeah, it's a very weird yeah. day. I got caught in the rain earlier this morning. Did you? Went for a beautiful run at 5 a.m. Come yeah. back out with the dog walk, and all of a sudden it just started. It just pour- start pouring. Right yeah, in. we got stuck. In, we got stuck in the park. Under a tree. Under a tree. Cheers, by the way. Yeah. So this is a big one, 29 years, 52.9%. Mm. Second fill, American Oak Hogshead, toasted Hogshead. Yeah. I was going to say, it's yeah, a yeah. lovely light toast to it. That's what it does. 2.9%. Yeah. Wow. The age comes across immediately, on, but on the back side, the mm. front was just lovely, but it, I've got the age on the back. Yeah, definitely. It's you know, it was really cool for me. I, my, the first bottle I, when I was a, before I worked for the Scotch Hall yeah. Society I was a member I mean the first bottle I got was something like this mm-hmm. it's like a 26 year old Speyside and I just you know the opportunity to try whiskey that old mm-hmm. at full cast strength is not something you get to do that often no first of all it's, it's really expensive yep when it comes to buying brand you know branded yeah. uh, your bottling this is true from, from say from a store but um, I love the combination of the intensity of the, the, the cast strength, yeah. know, ABV versus the full development of, in this case, 29 years in oak. It's just, it's remarkable. So when you talk about like having the Macallan 12, how many years ago was like that your entry point kind of into whiskey or scotch in general or single malts? I started drinking scotch whiskey about 15 years ago. Okay. And wow. I think I started where most people start, which is Johnny Walker yep. yeah. red. Johnny Red Black for me, yeah. Okay. Well, it was black on a Saturday night for me. It was going big, <laughs> but it was red every other day. You know, red on the rocks. Red Friday. <laughs> red, red Friday. <laughs> I was in college, and so I couldn't. I had, yeah, I had no money. But, yeah. but like, at school, uh, Johnny Walker on the rocks was the same price as, you know, a cheap beer. It was, like, yep. $2 maybe. Oh, you, nice. you know, so I think it, yeah. My experience in college, whenever you ordered a whiskey, it'd be like, they didn't know like how to serve it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I remember like literally one time like getting a pint glass of whiskey <laughs> with like a rock or two in there. It was really probably, I'm sure it was either Jim or Jack. <laughs> straw, dude. And we like, I just me and my buddies we just kind of had that weird little, I guess, uh, non traditional path of binge drinking in college where we we drink whiskey neat and like to go have good good craft beers too, <laughs> and we go to certain bars, the college bars, and be like, can we get uh, a Jim Beam? And they're like shots. We're like, no, just to drink and they're like well they like literally sit there and pour it like kind of give us a look is that enough is that enough and it's like four dollars for like eight ounces of whiskey that's cheap man yeah. see nothing's changed Nothing yeah, changed. yeah. yeah. <laughs> pretty much yeah no but it is interesting that you like went with the scotch path and started with uh, your own kind of journeys way through it now working for this huge society of people yeah, yeah. our group of members yeah but, uh, what was kind of like that first bottle what you were like wow this is my big purchase or like this is where I really want to keep it kind of keep expanding into this world of scotch and single malts well I I think you know to be completely transparent when I got out of college Mm. 
you know, I, I felt like I needed to explore this world of single malts because that's what adults do. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was drinking whiskey. I had a little bit of money in my pocket all of a sudden. And I thought, yeah. okay, now I can actually afford to okay. go to Costco and buy a Glenfiddich 12-year-old. Mm. You know what I mean? For, I for 30 bucks. And that was, you know, and I could justify <laughs> owning that and, and not just going out and partying with my friends and drinking everything in sight in the moment, but actually having a <laughs> bottle, savoring it. You know, and so and so I did that, and then it was it was shortly after that I there was a celebratory moment when which you know I decided, okay, now I, I have an opportunity to to buy. Actually, it was when the Blackhawks won the first Stanley Cup. Oh, you know, I was a big Hawks fan. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and I was kind of dabbling in the entry level single malts up until that point. Sweet. And I, you know, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go buy something to commemorate this. Moment. I'm a huge Hawks fan, yeah. and so okay. you love hockey, but grew up going to the games and the team was horrible yeah. you know it's so never in my wildest dreams that I think this day would come so I justified <laughs> it by saying I'm gonna go buy myself a really nice bottle of whiskey gotcha. and I'm gonna allocate a budget of $50 you know at that time it was the most yeah. I ever spent uh, on a bottle not saying price is determined of, of quality always it's not no. but uh, so I went to Warehouse Liquors in the South Loop and oh, yeah. they Gene gave, over there? Yeah. And so, and so someone at, at the shop <laughs> just, just offered me a tasting of 10, 15, 20, I don't even remember, so many different single malts yeah. of all different regions. Oh, wow. And they I were so generous with their time. I mean, I would love to speak to that person today. I, I, I go back there, I ask, were you the guy there, you know, 10 years ago or something? <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, it's funny. So I just, I ended up buying a bottle of, uh, yeah, I, try, I remember trying Lafroy cast strength and mm. thinking, wow, this is inten so intense. Yeah. Gotcha. And I didn't, I hated it. But the guy at the shop told me, hey, look, you're probably not going to like this, but the connoisseurs like this. Yeah. And you can learn to like this. And so I was really intrigued by this that whole concept that you that's, can. That's a great way of phrasing it, too. I mean, this, uh, you won't like this right now, but I can tell you're an interested person because you're doing this, ex this uh, kind of experimentation with me uh, as a young guy. Yeah. And yeah. building that in, into that. It's almost like an artist, if you will. Like you, you have to learn how to you know, the strokes of painting everything classically before you can go be a Jasper Johns and, or go be, uh, you know, somebody else and discover parts of the world that is unseen and have to refocus the intention of the viewer by doing work that everyone thinks they can recreate. It's also with drinking too. It's, you just can't jump right into a 29 year old whiskey and like, oh, I'm going to like this for the yeah, most part because yeah. your palate's not used to it because the body's yeah. not used to it. Right. Yeah. I didn't end up buying the Laphroaig that day. I bought something a bit. <laughs> I bought a Glenrothes, like an easy sip in. Yeah. You know, yeah. had a really cool bottle. Like I was still, you know what I mean? Like I, because I, you know, I was intrigued by the Laphroaig, but I went home. I think I went home with the wrong girl that night. Basically, you know, I went home. We've, I all, been, we've all been there. We've all been there. Because <laughs> I was, I was, you know, I was laying in bed thinking about the Laphroaig. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I bought the Glenrothes. It served me well. Uh, I but it. I had the, the peat on the mind, you know, that peat mm -hmm. smoke and that whole flavor profile. I was like, that tasted horrible, but yeah. I, would, I love the challenge of, you know, you could learn to enjoy this someday. Mm -hmm. So No, yeah. I, I haven't experienced, uh, had the pleasure of experiencing like Pappy 23, one of my first years, in, my first year in this industry, um, when I was kind of full-time committed to working in whiskey and spirits. I didn't really like it that much i thought it was a lot of oaky flavor it could be in the bottle that i had as well um it was kind of just i felt like it was kind of just chewing on a tree branch you know found it that way and the flavor and the taste but i also had the appreciation for what it was and it was nice to actually have that and experience it even though at that point i was probably drinking a lot of craft whiskeys a lot of uh young spirits so you're talking about two maybe three years old at that point yeah. when we're talking five six years ago in this industry with when it comes to craft um, craft whiskey and all the aging maturation process with them but it was something that 
I wanted to learn more about. I wanted to go back and have some of those other years. Not saying that Pappy's the best juice out there. It's, you know, there's a whole list of reasons of why that's become one of the most expensive bourbons sought after, um, and it's not necessarily just because of the juice. But it's yeah. also about appreciating those experiences when you have them and growing with them and rediscovering whiskeys or um, that you saw on bottle on shelves and bars and bottle shops and going back and actually mm. enjoying them now. Yeah, I mean it, it is a different take on it now because, as you said, I mean when you you know to go in, to piggyback up what Ben said, I mean you're not going to go for the 29 year old immediately. You know, um, so you're going to go home with a younger girl yeah. in this case, yeah. you know, but at the same time, you know, with the Pappy, then I personally, the Van Winkle 12 is where I think yeah. I'm good there yeah. with them. So I don't need 15 to, personally, 15 for you. Well, okay. cousin Pete, you know, he had, oh, to, bur- had, Pete, had yeah. to bury that bottle. Yeah. Had to bury the bottle. We buried a bottle of 15 year Pappy on my cousin's birthday. And, uh, where is it? Well, we dug it up that night. That was oh, a question yeah. I got a lot that day on, on Instagram was people, random people DMing me like, <laughs> where's the bottle? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, we actually already drank it. But yeah. we just buried it for about eh, 12, 13 hours or so okay. as a kind of wedding tradition of, uh, yeah, I guess. But you're supposed to bury it for 30 days in advance before the wedding for uh, hopefully for good health and good weather is, you know, yeah. the whole yeah. Like experience behind it, I guess. But <laughs> we just did it the morning of, and then understood about eleven o'clock that night, and drank it rather quickly. So, but so would you? What Scotch bottle did you buy? Second Stanley Cup. <laughs> Second Stanley Cup. Because <laughs> you probably didn't think you'd get there again. Because it was twenty thirteen. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I probably just paid my mortgage that, that time <laughs> around. But I think I don't. I don't think I. Uh, I, I was able, you know, I was in the mood of celebrating. I mean, I was celebrating. Yeah, uh, yeah of course. Yeah. I was on the, running around the streets of Same. God knows where, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I was, was out taking yeah. photos until like three in the morning, and then like back up the next morning, yeah. like following crowds around, taking yeah. photo, trying to follow the Stanley Cup around the city. But yeah, but twenty, I mean, twenty fifteen was the year. I mean, by twenty fifteen was the third time they won mm-hmm. the job, right. and I was full in a whiskey. I started the, you know this Instagram account in twenty fifteen. Okay. I was really, you know, becoming really opinionated about it. Yeah. Um, and so every day, I felt like every day the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup because I was at Warehouse Liquors or Vinny's or wherever. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, just trying to justify every, you know, exploration. But so, yeah. yeah, yeah. When, with Single Mall Alliance, when you started that in 2015, so approaching five years now almost um, yeah. to it or getting up there as we were in the middle of 2019 or somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah. Um, what was your original like kind of goal with it? Was it to share your process, your journey through it, or is it to kind of find likewise people? Well, it was actually, you know, it was intended to be a local whiskey club. Mm. You know, the, the name Single Malt Alliance, it, it doesn't really suggest, you know, the, the voice of one man. But by, I mean, by name, it was actually supposed to be a group of, it was just the idea, you know, I was with two friends, one, my first cousin, yeah. another friend of ours from Austria, and we were you know, discovering whiskeys together and, mm. and on a group chat, sharing them. And so we just, naturally, we wanted to share this conversation with more people and yeah. bring cool. more people in. And so, you know, we had this idea of, of getting together, hosting little tastings. And um, so I just jumped on and I said, hey, I'll, I'll do the social media arm just to, because I love Instagram. I was, you did one. I, <laughs> I had another account for my interest in cigars at the time, which okay. not, I, I don't smoke as regularly anymore, but... Um, so I had a little bit of experience kind of running these little Instagram accounts. It's yeah. all, oh, let's do this one for whiskey. And so um, <laughs> shortly after we said, let's do it, my, my friend from Austria moved back to Austria. And so obviously the club never really took off. But oh, um, awesome. He just started drinking a lot of brandies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then, well, then, then, yeah. And then 
I was just left, you know, with the Instagram account and just kind of kept it going because by that point I had, you know, made some friendships and yeah. uh, made some really cool connections and just loved waking up and, and just kind of sharing yeah. know, what I was thinking and, you know, regarding whiskey. I love that experience of, well, that shared experience, yeah. what you were talking about, because as we mentioned earlier, um, on and off mic, that there's a lot of loss with that. When you go and have alcohol, it can be a lonely experience that kind of can take you to some different places or just, you know, I don't know. It's like one of those, uh, it can feel lonely if you're yeah. drinking alone. It doesn't have to be, though. And even with us, when we find, like, a new bottle somewhere, it's about, hey, we've had this really good whiskey or if we're at an event together and we try something different, we share to people that we're with, um, even competitors in this industry, because Wilson and I are brand ambassadors for different companies. But for us, it's all about sharing. It's all about creating a community and fostering that really well so it can grow not just with us but also the brands can grow and people can see together because even at an event uh yesterday or on saturday i sold uh one of my bottles of whiskey and this guy's like i really love um you know i love single malts i love bourbons but i'm really getting into uh high rye whiskeys and i'm like well a high proof whiskey a rye whiskey is one of uh union horses and it's what 112 112.3 yeah and really delicious really tasty i'm like you should go with this one because actually i haven't had this yet and End up selling a bottle of uh, Union Horses Stilling Co's uh, at a Star Wars sampling. Thanks, man. <laughs> and right. even another guy was talking. I was talking to me, and he's like, "I think your product's too young." And I'm like, "Okay." So I had a conversation <laughs> with him through that. I'm like, "Here's our process. Why do you think it's too young?" He's like, "I really like high rye whiskeys that are aged well." Um, he ended up buying. He had a special uh, wild turkey that was re- on reserve for him. Went in the back and got it, and kind of followed him down the whiskey aisle, and we're talking through rice he doesn't like, rice he's enjoyed, and rice he hasn't had. Yeah. And one of them was also Union Horse. So he, I pointed him to He's like, I don't know. I don't know if I trust these craft distilleries. And I'm like, why? He's like, because they're young. I'm like, well, this is, what, five years? Uh, nine years. Well, the distillery's nine years. The actual whiskey, it's uh, five, five and a half years. Yeah, old, and yeah. he's like, oh, well, that's, you know, a place, a pri- for him, I mean, I, I disagree that, age isn't everything um it's important but it's not necessarily everything he's like well that's where i usually start at as young as i will go i'm like all right we'll give it a try and i think he actually ended up taking a bottle off the shelf too so you can okay. you can just invoice me for all of that i'll invoice you the one i'll, I'll send you the bird dog for the one <laughs> yeah I, I just i just don't i mean that, that suggestion that anything is too anything it just kind of blows my yeah. mind yeah nothing is too it, it's all about personal preference i agree it is i agree and yeah. that's why i ask yeah. people like well, what 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 about the age statement of three to four years bothers you on it it's like because he's like it just tastes young and i'm like well I could give you, I don't have it on me, it's like I give you a sample of Star Wars that's eight years old and it's not as good. You don't, you don't get the flavor profiles of those wine barrels out yeah. of it. And um, I think the bottle I bought at the Delilah's event was the youngest product. But I, just, I really enjoyed it. And I've, I'm someone who enjoys a 15, a 20-year-old whiskey um, now as we talk about growing and developing your taste buds through that um, whole drinking experience. But a 10-year whiskey is great. And you know, even with me, personally, my favorite one of my favorite whiskeys is extra age Jim Beam Black for a bourbon. Yeah, anyway, for bourbon. it's a bit for a house bourbon to have. You know, it's yeah. also sentimental for. I out- cook with it. Yeah, he cooks with it. <laughs> I drink it on Fridays and I cook with it. I make a bourbon, bourbon sauce for the oh, nice. for the uh, bourbon mop for my ribs when I want to smoke them. But it oh, is it, it is really interesting how I think it's almost, which is uh, kind of a little bit of a contradictory statement to how we talked about social media kind of creating community. It's the opposite side of it, which. Uh, kind of brings out the, the worst side of people as well, or at least the distrust in some of the more argumentative sides of social media is that, and the influencing side of it, that 
when you go on a page of a whiskey page, a lot of people talk about what their preferences are, and age statement is very much one of those, where I think it's kind of driven the public knowledge, if you will, um, the purchaser getting more power in their hands about the actual whiskeys, and knowing the age statement, it's kind of been one of the preferences, I think, that people really sit on too hard, and they avoid the bottles that don't have the right age statement for yeah. them, their personal preference. Um, if How you, do, I mean, I agree, but what I've come across more, I think, is proof. Mm. Proof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it's on, you know, of course it's on the bottle. If it's less than 100, no thanks. <laughs> you know, if it's more than 100, ooh, too much. It, there's just, it's a double-edged sword regardless. 92, too weak, 100, ooh, that's going to kick me in the, in the teeth or something like that. Um, but when it comes to scotch, though, I am learning that um, that's where it was some scotch drinkers really start purchasing and or recommending is age statements, not so much brand, from my, from my experience. Yeah, I mean, I think all those things have been shoved down our throats literally <laughs> yeah. for decades. You know, yeah. big, big brand marketing has, has really told us. It's, it's kind of funny. I mean, we've been told as consumers for so many years that mm-hmm. age is important. So yeah. every, every expression from distilleries for a time was the, you know, the so-and-so... 18 year old, the so-and-so 25 yeah. year old, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then and now I think we're, we're opening our eyes to the fact that age is just a number in many instances. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, it, it's an important factor, but it's just one of many factors. Correct. Yep. Um, I shouldn't say it's just a number because it, again, it is relevant. It is very much relevant. Yes. So I don't want to dismiss you know, the, the value there, but, but, you know, overall, uh, it's easier to understand time and yeah. age. As, as a novice yes. whiskey drinker, you know, we don't, not everybody wants to be as geeky as maybe us, you know, about whiskey. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I, we have to re- appreciate that. And so I think it's easier to understand what age is. It's not as easy to understand cast types, cast sizes, mm-hmm. within Scotch whiskey fill, you know, you know the, where, the, it's what, being where aged it came at. from, yeah. if where, it was sherry, yeah. for instance, what type of sherry, how all Correct. these things work with time and ABV at, at bottling strength, mm-hmm. you, you know, to impact flavor. It, it's complicated, you know, and I, yeah. so I, th- I, I think we, you know, at Scotch Whiskey Society, we, tr- we try to simplify that a little bit. And I'm just going back to that, yeah. you know, with the, the color coding of the, the flavor profiles. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, please, yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, we have these 12 different flavor profiles basically to say, hey, what sort of style, what flavors do you enjoy? Mm. Kind of put the flavor forward. We list all the information on, on the labels regarding the cask, the age, yeah. you, you know, where the region and whatnot. But mm-hmm. really just focusing on the flavor, I think. I, again, I agree. Be, because we tend to write things off, and I, I'll even admit I've written off some lower ABV whiskeys yeah, we all have. that I that I ended up tasting blind and saying, "Oh, that's really good," mm-hmm. <laughs> and I probably wouldn't have passed it up just because it was a low ABV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just think having an open mind is is well. Ins- I mean, if the goal is to explore and really have a great experience with whiskey, right. I think having an open mind is 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 key. Well, it's essential. Um, but I guess for going back to the gentleman that you helped over at your tasting, Jake, you know, that's the same voice that he shared, no, his voice Mm -hmm. to you, that's the same one he's probably sharing. I mean, how many times has he said that to maybe, maybe if he has friends? Oh, yeah, right. Five times, 10, maybe 12. Yeah. You know, so now he's, his stubbornness and or, you know, uh, just has now deflected another possible five conversations that you could have had. In the particular store there I was at, they are known to have a really good diverse selection um, mm-hmm. and some rare selections as well and some reserve casts, all that good stuff. And it was, it was interesting to notice that like that middle line shelf mm-hmm. of bourbon, so like your old Foresters and such, um, your Basil Haydens, those, those were full. They were fully stocked and where other um, 
higher, I guess, proof expressions and mm-hmm. longer age statements were, were gone. Gone. Um, and then also, like, your proper 12s was sold out. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, I mean, it's arbitrary. I don't know if you were there. Um, I don't care if you were standing there. Yeah, my grandpa, who worked at Jim Beam, he was telling me why Baker made Baker's seven years. He mm. thought he, he told my grandpa when he was making it and preparing it in the 90s, like, Yep, six years is the best uh, best uh, whiskey you can have. That's the longest you should age it for. No more, no less. And then they came out Baker's, and it's seven years. <laughs> <laughs> and so my grandpa asked Baker's, like, so why'd you do seven years? And he's like, six is the best. Seven's one year better. <laughs> <laughs> Coming like, from a, like the most lineage line of families you can have have there. He, it's such an arbitrary number sometimes, oh um, you know, right there. But obviously for um, reasons served that distilleries do choose to go um, to a certain number of years and a lot of that has to go through with tasting and making sure if to their palates it's right I agree yeah I mean everyone's and Ben touched that not as well you know it's like hey it's flavor first is flavor and I've I've always I've started seeing that now we focus on flavor taste it first worry about the proof second it's guaranteed it's already alcohol in right. it you know so yeah um, what are you pouring us Wilson um, I am pouring a <laughs> bottle that Ben just handed to me <laughs> So with your left hand. Number two. With my left hand. Imp- impressive. Um, well, what's about flavor? I thought it would be fun to mix it up. So three yeah. very different flavor profiles. Yeah, go ahead Tell and us, talk, uh, about, talk the, about the, the color um, the and all that. of the abyss. Yeah, so there's, there's different colors on the bottle you'll see here. Just, it's the labels to, to indicate one of the 12 flavor profiles. And so we went from... The first one was Yummy Rummy. Yeah, that's the name of it. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I love the names. The names I, always, yeah. I always love the names. Yeah, the names are funny. I, I love you know, that. I, I just got to name my first one. Oh, nice. Which one is it? I can't tell you. You have to take the blind tasting first. You get the Sweet. sample, you have to write Great. all the tasting notes that we have on the, oh, you, you the show on the bottle. And it's all in good fun. Like, I think yeah. some people get the impression that we're super serious and we're absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we're How not do you serious. know? How do you overcome that? I, th- I think when we talk to people you in just person have to come or come to one of our events yeah. and they realize, oh, wait, these guys are just having. Or what were they saying that you can say we're just taking the piss? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we're just. I mean, I think like having those events at Delilah's. I mean, people. I don't. It's interesting for people that have never been to Delilah's. They go the first time. It's not what they imagine it is. Yeah. It, but like, as a Chicagoan or somebody who's been there, and you know, like events are happening there, you're like, oh, okay, I get why those guys are having there because yeah. they just want to have a fun time and yeah. drink whiskey yeah. and like be in like a pool hallish setting, if you will, and you know, have be yelling across the room like, I taste vanilla, I taste yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> like why? Like and then trying to guess where it's all from and just like having like yeah. laughing conversations and stuff like that. Yeah. So I mean we Yeah. Well we, we we taste you know we have a tasting panel. So every every week they get together in Edinburgh. And these okay. these are is a group of oh. people made up of part society staff, other master distillers throughout various distilleries in Scotland. Gotcha. You know, they'll get together every week and they'll blind taste test the selection. Uh, the whole the whole purpose is to score them and determine what's good enough to be bottled, but at the time very little information is provided with each sample. And so, after tasting the whiskeys, we'll get together, um, write the taste. The, you know, someone will, will write the, the tasting notes and then also come up with a name. Cool. It's sort of okay. it's a playful name to suggest what the whiskey's gonna the character of the whiskey I should say. Understood. This one's called In the Dark of the Abyss. <laughs> uh, Eleven years old and a refill sherry butt, Oloroso sherry. Yeah, so okay. I get the sherry. Um, yeah. This is, I think, what you call a sherry bomb. 60.6% ABV. So, I don't know. It doesn't drink drink that way, yeah. No, no, no. no, no. I mean, it gives me a nice, you know, know, Scottish hog there at the end, but, you know. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. That just came out. I I don't know. It's probably the wrong accent. You know, sorry, Sean. Graham. 
Graham. Clay, Graham. Graham. Sorry, man. I didn't mean to dis- dis- uh, disappoint you. He he's got a thick fucking accent. Yeah, that's yeah, where we all met, actually. <laughs> yeah, 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 the first yeah. time. Graham. Yeah. Um, no, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. It's the whole process. No, of no, 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 no. Uh, um, no, I'm just... So So this is in the dark of the bits. It's in that... You know, the red label indicates it's in one of our 12 flavor profiles. This one is called the Deep Rich and Dried Fruits. So you tend to find a lot of the wine cask. Mature whiskeys will fall in that flavor profile. Mm-hmm. Uh, wine, including sherry, which is this one, all the rest of the sherry, but um, so yeah. How long is it in the sherry cast for? Uh, what does it say? It says right there. It'll say the age right there, eleven years, and it'll have oh. the d- date of distillation. Nice. Yeah, it'll show the region. Um, yeah. Uh, oh there. yeah, distilled June of twenty oh six, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe twenty. <laughs> I can't see that shit. Let me see. <laughs> Here you read it. Uh-oh. <coughs> All righty. Uh, yeah, distilled uh, June 29th, 2006. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, refilled. Uh, yep. So that one was about 2017. Yeah. yeah. So cool. So when the company or when the society started doing all this, what was, did they have the intent of just growing it and going to get, try like try, try rare whiskeys from distilleries across Scotland was they got kind of like behind it in a way like I, 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 yeah I mean I think that's amazing right yeah, I mean, that's right? like the dream I think I've, yeah I think yeah, I, I think because we see so much of that happening in the states now where you like, yeah. think like wow that long ago they were already doing this I mean it makes sense since Scotland's Whoa. way ahead of us obviously when it comes to producing whiskey it's funny yeah because the society's really taken off I mean globally particularly here in the US and I, a lot of it has to do with the rising interest of whiskey to, to, to begin with. And then yeah. I think there's a natural, I think, progression. When you get in, like, like we talk about, with the, we all started with the, maybe the Johnny Walker, or the, the, yeah. the early is like you can kind of go from one step to the next step. Yeah. And then the next thing. And then I think that, you know, as you build up your palate, ABV is something that you can really tolerate or rather higher ABV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you get into cast strength. And then this, the, 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 the category of single cask whiskey is a whole different world. Yeah. And I think once you're comfortable with that, you know, at a certain point. So we kind of exist. We've been doing this for 35 years, yeah. bottling single cask whiskey. And just the whole singularity of, of really any products, but particularly spirits now is really fashionable. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's just true. So it, it's worked out. But yeah, that, that was it. I mean, 35 years ago, it's actually almost 36 now. But hmm. at that time, I mean, I think if you walked into a distillery and said, I want to buy a whole cask, they'd say, well, this is amazing. This is like yeah. the best sales day we've had all month. <laughs> okay. you know what I mean? yeah. Now whiskey is so much more popular yeah. that you, you go in there and it's a different conversation because the, the demand is so high, mm-hmm. but we've, we've been fortunate as a society to just have such great relationships with so many different distilleries. Yeah. Um, it, it's just been a great partnership overall. So, when yeah. they go ahead, no, no, go on. All right, no, you're, you're better, lost, you have a better I question already. Are I you sure? Okay. I did. <laughs> no, it's uh, what was um, back in. So we're talking uh, early 80s then. What was single malt and what was Scotch doing for sales across the country yeah. then? I mean, what are going in, into blends yeah. for yeah. the most part? Okay. Yeah. I, mean, it was, I mean, I know it's kind of always been that, uh, that line of where it does well in the U.S. Um, in the 80s in general, though, wasn't a high over drinking whiskey scene, not until the late 80s into the early 90s yeah. is when more whiskey started coming, coming back, especially with the bourbons and some ryes, but also um, with Scotch too. There were some dark years yeah. in Scotch whiskey you know, production. Um, I was born at that time, mm-hmm. and you know, somebody always is hunting for a birth year bottle. It's, yep. it's just—it's very hard because yep. production overall. Um, some distilleries, I know, Belveni, for instance, didn't even distill anything in 1986. Wow. wow. Um, so yeah, it, it, it was again, it was different. And so buying a single cask from a distillery who's pumping a lot of juice for a big blend is was just a different conversation, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. 
Um, and it was a very unique way to, to enjoy the spirit yeah. at the time. Were, so. uh, were they selling, were distilleries mostly selling what they had? Was it about even trying to hold on to the longer age statements? I mean, I think the big brands, and, and again, I, I wasn't really a big time whiskey drinker yeah. at this time. I'm just going from what I've learned from history. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I was not like, legally drinking at the time. We just talked so <laughs> much about American spirits on this. That's yeah, like, it's yeah, nice yeah, to have yeah, that perspective. Yeah. No, no, I think it was, it, I think it was really the dark times. And then you think of like the, the 2000s here from the U S perspective too, in terms of I mean, the U S is the largest consumer yeah. of Scotch whiskey in the world. And um, Irish whiskey. And Irish whiskey. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and of, of most things. Yeah. Everything. But yeah. you know, we We're had, think about it. You had, you had the nineties, which was what everybody was drinking. Vodka. vodka again, James yeah. Bond, the Scotsman, was drinking vodka. You yeah, know, in the yeah. Bond films. Just, yep. Yeah. I mean, I know it's product placement, but just was. wrap your head around that. A lot of a lot yeah. of light beer That's and vodka, lot, some yeah. gins. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember growing up in the '80s, because I am an '80s kid. It, it was um, Scotch was don't touch that. Mm-hmm. That's like at least in my parents' uh, liquor cabinet and or my god godparents. Liquor Go cabinet. grab me a Zima. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was it. that was that was early '90s right there, bro. It's <laughs> always one of the teenage kids across the street drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Zima. <laughs> but I do rem- I do recall like that bottle of you know um, in this case Johnny Walker just like that's like that's seriously that's only for special occasions everything else underneath that mm. you go have at it that vodka's you know the rums you know and so on and so forth so it's just one of the things that I remember growing up and I'm like just the, the word scotch I always I thought butterscotch you know oh, what okay. I'm saying so yeah. I'm like I can't wait to get older <laughs> to try it because this shit's gonna taste like a Brock's butterscotch candy <laughs> so I'm like I can't wait I can't wait I can't wait and then when I finally come of age one of the first cocktails I asked, I'm like, Johnny Walker Black, because that's what I remember, you know? So the guy pours me a Johnny Walker Black Neat, and I'm like, again, <laughs> novice. I'm like, that's it? <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, son, how old are you? And I'm like, I'm 21. He's just like, that's all you need. And I'm like, all right, no problem. Oh. I'm like, can I get some, I don't know, some ice or something? And he goes, son, this is how you drink that. If you want it in a cocktail, so he introduced me to... Um, Johnny Black and Ginger. Oh. oh nice. So then he goes, all right, let me make this easier for you, son. So he threw on some cubes and then he poured, <laughs> he cracked open a glass bottle of, 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 can, uh, can, of Seagram's ginger oh, yeah, ale yeah. and poured it in, squeezed a little bit of lime on it. And I was like, heaven, I must have had five that day. Really? <laughs> oh, I was fucking wasted. <laughs> I was out. Gibson's. Thank you. You Thank were drinking you at Gibson's when you were 21? I was at Gibson's when I was <laughs> yeah. 21 years old. This whole story is getting better and better yeah. with every yeah, word. I was 21 years old at Gibson's. Did you have some sliders there, too? No, dude. I I went there because it was... I remember was it your 21st birthday? It was, no, it was, I was after my 21st birthday. I went there by myself. Okay. I came into the city, and I was just like, I'm just going to do something by myself. I want to have a day to myself. I ended up having to check into the Thompson. It was a Thompson Hotel yeah, at the yeah. time. What the Thompson is now, it used to be called uh, something else. I can't remember. It's off of my head. Anyways, so I had to check in that night. No. I'm like, <laughs> I can't make it home. And they're like, well, we have a room. And then the next, I, I'm, I think I checked in like at <laughs> one o'clock in the morning and I went downstairs to check out like at 7 a.m. They're like, son, we're just going to, they only charged me 50 bucks. Oh, there you go. Nice. Because it was like, dude, you were only here for like five hours. And nice. Like just $50 for the, the taxes on the room is what we'll charge you, you know. Nice. Yeah. But that was my, that was, yeah, that was. Um, that was your introduction to Scotch? That was my introduction to uh, Scotch, yeah. Huh. Yeah. 
Well, That's crazy. It didn't taste like butterscotch, though. Yeah. But you haven't really drank it since then until recently, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. This is correct. Yeah. Yeah. What have you been enjoying? Um, as far as scotch? Yeah. The, I've just immediately became a fan of the Aber Lover. Mm. Immediately. Um, and, and then the experience with Graham that day just... Graham. 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 Um, man. I, I can't was, say anything about the accent. Graham. I can't pronounce uh, it correctly. He's... It was such a it was it was a really cool experience for me personally mm-hmm. yeah. that I was like I'm a fan. So yeah. now um, last weekend they were set up next to me at a whiskey fest and um, I was just sipping on that all day, <laughs> yeah. man. It yeah. was just lovely. The bunda, uh, the bunda, yeah. And then um, the one. The, anyways, I'm not going to go through all that, but it was just I just become right. a fan of it. And then um, I've revisited um, the black, blue. Um, I had I had gold. Mm. Uh, recently, um, a buddy of mine had it, <clears throat> and he poured me a little dram of it. And it's, uh, it's, it's just, it's. I'm still learning, so yeah. I can't really speak on it properly. But I, I know that it's, it's, I, 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 it's a different experience than what I get out of bourbon. I don't know what it is. I don't well, know if I feel differently or what, but it's a complete different. Experience. I mean, I, I feel like there's. The, the first of all, the diversity of flavor. Yeah. Is something you can, I mean, you don't, by law, you know, bourbon's all matured in new oak, you Correct. know, and that's a law that the U.S. government put in place to yep. protect, you know, the lumber mm-hmm. industry. And, but, you know, so, so you can experiment with mash bills, but uh, oak is so prevalent in flavor that when it comes to scotch whiskey, you can, you know, age your whiskey in any type of oak. And so just right there, I just think there's, it's a, it's a bigger world yeah. in, mm-hmm. in a bit of a way. Um, so there's, they're more unexpected encounters, yeah. I think. Um, but that's the fun. The, the, that, that stage, I'm looking, back, reflecting now on just when I was going through that for the first time and yeah. I would walk into a bar yeah. and I'd look up and everything would be new to me. Or, and, then, and then maybe half of it would be new eventually. Yeah, it just, that was so much fun. And I think, yeah. <laughs> so I would say don't, don't rush it. You know, yeah. just in, live in the moment and just enjoy. I, I look right. at it as a, Scott, I, I've been looking at it <clears throat> excuse me, as a family tree of spe- of, of sort. Mm-hmm. Where you, you, you know, of course, you know, Which when is you a build... Which way. Yeah, you know, I mean, you, it's a, it's a country it divided by regions where... Correct. What, which I was just thinking when you say about the the abundancy that you can have with um, mm-hmm. with barrel aging, it's also about the region itself. I mean, yeah, where how, that, how the weather exactly affects it. it so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, 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 that barrel alone, I, I guess I got really... I've gotten really... Know, it's weird. I don't know if spiritual is a proper term to use. It is. Um, okay, spiritual it is. Um, but the, the origin of that barrel is obviously a tree, its roots, and that region of where here in the U.S. it's, it's you know, grown, and then how it went, and the aging process to make staves, and so on and so forth. What went into it first before mm-hmm. it got shipped over across the pond to either, you know, Ireland or Scotland, in this case, what or what was it filled with after the bourbon or the wines? It's just so I... That's what the family tree in my mind looks like. I'm like, well, it started here, and then it's just branched off in different places. And now, each each branch could be a specific. Almost you can almost assign it a, a branch per scotch, you know, or experience. Personally, that's. I mean, I'm always about the experience and the flavors. So it's it's been it's been a fun fun building process for me, personally. With all these bottles, um, collaborations, if you want to call them that, for lack of a better term, is. Part of the society's um, goal is to spread what's happening throughout the entire country of Scotland in a bottle to various parts of the world. I mean, I think that the the purpose fundamentally, and, and this is not 
I think a black and white answer. This is this yeah. has been. I guess this is my opinion based on my experience. Yeah. And the society is a lot of things mm-hmm. in, in one. But I, when I when I'm thinking about what you know, my interaction with my colleagues in the UK and the US, what people seem to really we what we get the most excited about, and I should also extend that to other members. It just it's the mindset of it's a very personal journey, and and, and the goal is that when you become a member of the society, you. Most, I mean, I should say most people who have who've decided I want to join, yeah. you know, and it's a hundred bucks for the first year, then seventy bucks. For the, so it's not a huge commitment, but once you become a member, <clears throat> it's it's most of them are, are people who have interest in whiskey and really want to take take it up a notch. Yep, gotcha. But I don't know, may, maybe feel a little intimidated doing that on their own or mm. find it challenging, mm. and they they're kind of sick of the whole do this, don't do that, don't, don't do this when it comes to drinking whiskey. Yeah. They want to kind of just go on a bit of a journey. So, so from that perspective, everything is really centered around taking the member from, you know, when they, when they enter, it's almost like a, <laughs> like a, I'm trying to think of a better analogy for this, but. Um, just go with Fight Club. You want to go with Fight, fight Club. Should <laughs> <laughs> I go with Fight Club? Or is it like but a yeah, there, 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 is, there is like an elevation <laughs> of the whiskey week. experience, you know, to be had. And the idea is you come in here. And so every month, for instance, when we have a new outturn or a new selection of whiskeys, in, in the U.S., we'll have about 20 or so a month. Gotcha. Um, you know, everything, there'll be a variety of different flavor profiles mm. in different regions and everything. Yeah. And so it's, it's always about exposure to different things, but everything is designed to encourage you to step outside of the box. Mm. Like the, the way we, we, we name things cleverly, you know, the cast selections, yeah. we really focus on a bit on the obscure we have plenty of the classics. If you want a classic, like what we just had right here, classic Sherry Bomb. Definitely. Space, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, some of the other things, maybe the next one we'll have is a bit more unexpected. And so I, we're kind of into that idea of just the exploration. Um, I, sorry, I'm going off. No, it's great. This is great. This but, is great. But I think it's, again, it's, it's the approach of staying humble, not judging things before you try and staying open-minded mm, gotcha. and always making it easier to become in a way your own little expert. I mean, everybody yeah. wants to be a whiskey expert or thinks they're, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, everybody thinks they're a whiskey expert. We, truly, until, we're all learning. We're just learning every day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're exactly. still, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you can't say you're still learning, then you're exactly. You know. yeah. Yeah. Now, to even go back to like the, so kind of tell the full story. We all met um, when Abelor was doing some press releases here in Chicago um, Graham Cookshank, who is their master distiller, we uh, Wilson and I interviewed him, and then Ben was coming in next to interview him while we were at the, uh, well, I the Huxton. Huxton, yeah. yeah. Um, and so we all met there, had a great conversation, but kind of going back to like the next guy, I was very intimidated initially going into that conversation, like talking to to a guy who's like literally lived his entire life through whiskey, yeah. Yeah. and he is what you think. Um, I mean, if someone would not paint a stereotype in the, it's not the right word but paint a person of who is whiskey that's like that's Graham right there it's a guy who started from the bottom up he has the roots um, mm-hmm. from the generations being in the whiskey industry and now he is the voice of a large distillery um, kind of spreading that and kind of a little badass oh absolutely yeah. a badass yeah. but yeah exactly but such a humble guy it's yeah. such a yeah. it, that's what you feel when you meet and have that conversation and when we release that Later in September, you'll definitely, I'll definitely come through as well. But there is always like somebody that knows more to you. But that's the best part I think about this whole like journey is you know you have the single mall alliance we have with our brands. You learn every single day. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. You know, it's funny. I, I met Graham out at the distillery last year, and cool. we we had, we had plans to meet up and just to kind of speak to just his approach. I I remember pulling up in the car, 
early because, mm. you know, I just did booked nothing but distillery tours and I wanted to be no other place other than a distillery. So I yeah, just right? like showed up early, you know, <laughs> 30 minutes early. Might as well be. But Graham was like standing in the parking lot waiting for me with a bottle of whiskey in his hand. Oh, that's awesome. I was like, what? What? This yeah. is the guy who's making the whiskey and he's just so friendly and so happy to, to just kind of show it off. And so, but, it, but you know, a guy like that, like, okay, he's a distiller by trade, you know? Yeah. So I'm in the industry, we're in, in the industry, but he's making the whiskey. Right. Mm-hmm. It is in his blood, literally. Well, it's in ours now, but, <laughs> but, you know, but the thing is the way he speaks of it, it's so down to earth. Mm, and I think is. that's, that's, yeah, man. you know, in a lot of ways I'm trying, I'm aspiring, I aspire to be that. Like, yeah. If you possess a lot of knowledge about whiskey, you're humble in the fact that you realize so you're going to meet somebody tomorrow who's going to know a lot more than you. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I think the moment you, you, you switch on this whole, I'm going to tell people how to drink whiskey, <sighs> not, you know, or, or how to enjoy it, rather. It's just the whole, that, that really kind of turns me off. It's yep. not allowing people to have their own personal experience with it. Very well you know? said, yes. So, so I think Graham's good at that. He sets the stage. Yeah. Drink yeah. it how you like it. Enjoy it. If you, if you want to really learn how to nose and taste it and judge the whiskey, mm-hmm. I'll tell you how to do it. Mm-hmm. But I'm just really not going to assume that you want to do that every time you sip something, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you, yeah. yeah, Graham's like that. I, I really admire him for just his approach. And fortunately, there's a lot of people in Scotland. Scottish people in general, I think, are, are yeah. very warm. Okay. And a lot of people in the industry are like that. So. No, it's true. I mean, I think with our experiences, the, the legendary distillers that we've met um, along our path, I think even, I mean, you got to finally meet my grandpa yeah. a couple weekends ago. And Bernie. Yeah, it's somebody who spent, you know, 15, 20 years at Jim Beam, and you're like... And he's still drinking uh, it. He still he was enjoying <laughs> a lot of whiskey. He was still yeah, drinking yeah. it. I think he had about uh, four fingers there yeah. the night before the wedding or <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, um, he was good. 91-year-old man still enjoying wow. his, uh, his he sip. Still loved yeah, it. yeah. And, it's, and it's about, like, that rich culture that he can share. It's about um, the people and the interactions that we all, most people only read about, you know, on websites and books. Um, and hear about on conversation, which is great today. There's so many different podcasts coming out um, with having these conversations with mm-hmm. these legendary distillers, but they aren't there every day kind of enjoying um, the culture, the society that we build with it too, because so much about our jobs is having those interactions and learning on a daily basis that we're not always right. And you never will yeah. be right. And I think what most distillers will tell you too, it's like their best hasn't even come yet. Their best is is the is the next thing or yeah. the last thing they created because we can only strive to be better on a daily basis, and that kind of comes with their whiskey as well. Yeah, I like the fact that um, I was just reading. I mean, well, just to piggyback off of what you just said, Jake. I mean, like a lot of things that are coming out right now, they didn't even lay down themselves. No, this is like years before them. Yeah. So they get the privilege of actually, you know, releasing it, but at the same time. You know, they don't have that true connection to what they've laid down, but they can still speak to it because that's what they've been laying. You know, they're replenishing what's coming out now, yeah. in a sense, you know. Um, the I was just reading an article, the master distiller at uh, Michter's. Mm. She's now retiring, yep. you know, and they're like, what are you going to do now? You know, you're leaving whiskey. <laughs> and she's just like, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm leaving it. I'm leaving it. I'm going to go For see sure. my people with my family. I'm going to do this and do that. Like, well... She goes, I'll still be around because I still want to taste what I've got going on or whatnot. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to scotch, though, um, but when is, is it a when you've gone to these distilleries and you obviously, you know, you've gone to many of them and you have these partnerships with them and, and relationships. What stands out the most mm. about um, the two regions um, 
because there's an Isla, is it? Isla. Isla, sorry, I apologize. Yeah, yeah. And then there's... There are five. There's five, yeah. There's five, okay. So is there a specific style to each of those regions? Is there something that stands out for for you or... Well, yeah, and and it's funny because you couldn't time this better because this last, the third whiskey here is... Mm -hmm. um, one of the, uh, an atypical representation, but of its region, and so that's good segue in the, in the, you know mm-hmm. into where we're at. But you know, I think you have first of all, fifty percent of all Scotch whiskey distilleries by volume. Well, actually, yeah, by number of distilleries are, are located in Speyside. Okay, Speyside is is for the heart of the Scotch whiskey industry. Um, I would describe this classic Speyside style, mind you. This you know flavor comes from you know, many things, as we've discussed. Correct. Cast type is one of them. Mm-hmm. So. Speyside, generally very fruit forward. I, I would I would consider to think of orchard fruit, drizzle and honey. Oh, nice. That's your classic Everlauer, which we're talking about. Yeah. Um, you've you've tasted Everlauer in American oak. I think we had that one. We've had some, but the classic is in cherry oak. You know, and, and most of them are a combination of the two. A combination. But, I was say, but yeah. yeah, all things considered equal. If it's in pure American oak, which. 70 percent, approximately, of all whiskey maturing in Scotland today is in American oak. Okay. So. You know, it, it's it by far the most popular style. But, you know, think of that fruit forward Highland, the Highland region, the largest geographic region, mm-hmm. but smaller in terms of number of distilleries. I would describe that as tough a Tough place to live. <laughs> tough place to live. I would describe that as a, as a bit more grassy, earth forward, less on the, on the sweet side, like like space side. I, again, I'm generalizing here. Oh, but, that's fine. But these are, I mean, unlike regions of wine, whiskey regions in Scotland are, are, are pretty... Mm. You know, broad at this point. The lowlands, more of the mellower. I get more of a candied sweetness typically. Yeah. Um, and then you have um, Campbelltown, which is the smallest region in terms of the number of distilleries. There are three distilleries there right now, um, which is the minimum required to, to maintain the regional designation. Oh, I, I really? didn't know there was a minimum requirement. I didn't know that. Cool. Well, there were, cool. yeah, there, so uh, minimum uh, three distilleries for it to be considered. Well, yeah, a there, there was a time there were only two: Springbank and Glen yeah. Scotia. There was okay. a, there were only two, and and you know. You know, the Scotch Whiskey Association basically came in and said, this is, this is not going to be an official region anymore. So to maintain the designation of Campbelltown, Springbank opened a second distillery gotcha. called uh, Glengyle, ah. where they make Kilcarran single malt there. But that's, that's the third, third, <laughs> the third distillery there. Then you have Isla. So, so well, Campbelltown, very coastal on the West Coast, yeah. known as sort of a, a very funky, more medicinal. Um, they use peat quite often, if you will, so a little bit of smokiness. But then Isla... Has is known today. It wasn't always the case, but today it's known as the the full peat yeah. explosion. Gotcha. Lagavulins, Lafroigs, Ardbegs, you know. Mm-hmm. But but that's but that's that's all changing now. All these regions are now changing. I should say of broadening their, what yeah. they're doing here. And so whether it's different types of oak that they're using for different flavors, um, whether it's some mainland distilleries which are using peats, mm-hmm. and so it's not constrained to Isla or the or the islands anymore. Case in point, this one right here. So this is a 20-year-old Highland whiskey um, that's peated, lightly peated. I would say at this you stage. Smell a bit of it, yeah. You smell a little bit of it. So, yeah, I, I just I, again, this is an interesting whiskey. I think it's a beautiful whiskey, but but peat is something that a lot of people are turned off by. You know, I, I talk about my first experience with Lafroy of, of hating it. It's that the medicinal mm. smoky note. But with this one, when you're burning peat that's from the mainland, you know, peat I'll just. I don't know how deep we're going in this. Peat is essentially bricks of earth, yeah, you know, right. found throughout Scotland. I mean, some Can you parts share how, what, where that comes into the distilling part yeah, of it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's you know, something that confuses a lot of people. What where peat is it yeah. actually in the still? You know, like, yeah. right, right. So basically, after you malt the barley, you know, you just lay it out on the floor. You yeah. got to dry it. 
you have a kiln. I'm just simplifying. You got a kiln yep. mm-hmm. burning coal essentially, and, and it's uh, dry, it. drying the <laughs> drying the barley. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take you know what distillers will do, they'll, they'll take these peats of these bricks of earth known as peat, throw it on top of the kiln. The burning of that earth creates a flavorful smoke that mm-hmm. then bonds to the barley itself yep. on the molecular level. So, crazy. so what's interesting about this is people think all peat is the same and all smoky whiskey is the same. But the flavor very much depends on what's in the earth itself. Yes. So, and the mainland of Scotland, which is what we're tasting right now, is a peated whiskey from the mainland. It's a bit drier. It's grassier. Mm-hmm. Um, so you probably get a lot of peppery smoke, yeah. more of like a, a sort of sort of a indoor fireplace type of smoke. Yeah, Definitely. I was say, it's very kindly. Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. think of like the island of Isla, and you get off towards the Atlantic. You know, can, the West Coast, Campbelltown, I would include in that as well. If you if you're cutting peat locally there. That peat is, is layered with dead oceanic matter, you know, just dead shellfish, yeah. seaweed. I'm just thinking all the shit that you guys... Yeah, shit, yeah. When you, when you burn that, <laughs> that could, yeah, when you, when you burn that, that's a bit more of an acquired taste. Yeah. It's a bit more offensive to the, to the new drinkers. It's a little more so, sulfuric as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so with, with this one, this is a 20-year-old mainland, so I would describe this if you're new to peats, are you trying, like kind of going back to myself, you know, 10 years ago when yeah. I was told I don't like it now, but I'll learn to like it. This is a good stepping stone mm-hmm. to get into that full, intense Isla nice, coastal like, experience. Like, it's kind of like a breathy mint taste in there, too. Kind of like comes up through the peat. It's really nice. I like the, the lightness of it. Mm-hmm. I add, really do. Add some water, too. I mean, I mean feel free. Well, I mean, I again, all of these being cast strength, they're not... They don't drink cast strength. Yeah. Which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah I Mondays think, are for cast strength. <laughs> Mondays are for cast strength. You probably want to go... I, I don't want to tell you, but no, no, you, taste it. Taste it. Okay. I'll just... Because yeah, I, I noticed you added a drop. Yeah. Since this is... This is so. This is fifty-two point four. Hmm. At that strength, a drops probably with that volume in your glass. Yeah. Just a healthy pour. Well, actually, that's a. That's a decent. That's pour. a. That's a disciplined pour. But disciplined yeah. pour I like that. <laughs> well, for a, for you know two in the but, afternoon. Oh, I mean, I mean, I, have to, I always, I've been more con- conscious of how much I pour because the first thing people ask me when they meet me is like. How much do you drink yeah. on the podcast? I'm like, God, you know, that's obviously coming through. Yeah. I need to be careful with how much I <laughs> Well, if you're, you're enjoying it, this is a podcast for I am. That's no, the problem. I, mean, like, I am. I'm enjoying it. I'm sure people listening We in haven't drank a lot since, yeah. like, the 4th of July day podcast, but, you know. Mm. Yeah. But, but you want to get to that was point, for America. You want to get to a point where I, what, what I do when I when I taste cast strength whiskey, it's called, I call it the blink test. And mm. I, I haven't coined that term. I actually, someone, someone I took that from somebody who offered okay. this to me at a tasting the blink test. And so basically you want to taste the whiskey when it's, when it's out the gate at full cast strength. If you're blinking, you know, it's at that point, you're, you're focused more on the out. Al- your body's focused more on the alcohol, the alcohol than it's the flavor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? I, and I just think that when it comes to this whiskey, there's cheaper ways to get drunk, you know? So, <laughs> so you want to get to a point where for me, at least this is where I enjoy it. I, I think you want to be able to get to a point where you're not so focused on the alcohol. Yeah. So you've scaled Correct. it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. You can actually sip it and enjoy it without choking it down. But it, I personally, this is this is where the personal preference comes in. I still like it where it's intense, where you're like, where you feel like, okay, yeah. I am drinking strong whiskey here. Mm-hmm. Um, but then with some of these older ones, you know, you, you want to just you want them to really kind of just maintain a more of an elegant, mellow profile. Mm-hmm. Um, but the good thing is when you add more water, the, the profile will change. I you can't see. go backward. But mm. so I often I'll I'll taste a whiskey needs, add some water, taste it again, add some more water. Okay. Just kind of note to myself subconsciously how how it's evolving. So what's your go-to then? You, you're like, you know, I'm, I, I'm home now. It's Friday. You should see his office. <laughs> well, <laughs> what are you pouring? Well, it, well it's funny because... Jim Beam. 
Well, no, well, it's funny because now my day job is focused on you know discerning cast strength whiskey, and it's, yeah. it's funny. It's, it's talking about like Pam at Mictors or, 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 yeah. or who's yeah. retiring, and you're thinking like she goes, she's going home. I go home now. I, I kind of just want a beer sometimes, yeah, you yeah, know. Right? Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, also enjoy something with my wife, and you know, of course, of course yeah. a bottle, of course. open a bottle of wine or something. Absolutely, but, yeah. But you know, if I'm those are the moments where if I'm just kind of want something casual, I'll I'll go. I like around forty six to forty eight percent typically, which is you know just above standard bottling strength for most. Okay. Um, but when it comes to I want a whiskey yeah. and I want to sit there and really enjoy it, I would love to. I prefer to start at full cast strength, mm. okay. sip it. At that point, you know, be mindful of alcohols and neurotoxins. So <laughs> yeah. you can, in fact, kind of sort of freeze your your palate. Oh yeah. Bit, you know, put in shock it and prevent it from tasting flavors moving forward. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, yeah. So. If it's like a 64% one, I'll probably just add some water out the gate. You know what I mean? But but I don't know, between 50... What, what was this one right here? This is this was 52. We had yeah. one that was 60%. 60.6, yeah. Yeah, so... But you know what? No two, no two pellets are alike. No. So I just think it depends on how you like it. It is. I think even with... I get that question a lot, too, now at night. So I'm always like, well, what am I having for dinner? What will taste good yeah. this for, for yeah. dinner, too? If we're having chicken or we're having salmon, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. do we open up a bottle of white, maybe a bottle of red, or having some steak, something like that? Um, enjoy maybe some Russell's, like, with a steak as well, which is a nice kind of compliment just off the top of my head, thinking of it I agree. real quick. But even that, lately, I've been on, like, an Aperol and tonic spritz kind of, oh, like, wow. phase. Like, it's just, it's just a nice little, like... What are you, 21? No, I'm actually a sophisticated man. <laughs> like even like just like coming home and having like a little bit of. Well, we know how L- Wilson rolled when he was 21 yeah, at Gibson's. Right? You know? Gibson's having a uh, big man. Black and gingers. Yeah. Black and gingers. Man. Oh, no, interesting choice there. Well, it's the summertime, right? Yeah, like right. It, it was ni- it was 90 something degrees. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's nothing like what you'd think. Aperol's, I mean, know what the it's very low ABV on that. Um, and just having like a nice little refreshing drink and yeah. it kind of started actually during making some Negronis and then I'm like, well, have a little spritz of it because we do a lot of highballs with our company. So yeah. just kind of eliminated one process of that. And you know, there you go. So it's, it's not those, about like, those are cute. They're cute. Bring and I were having that conversation when we got back from our honeymoons because we drank every night, not a lot, but we just had like, we want to experience the culture of Portugal. So you're like, you're drinking the wines there, you're drinking the, the uh, low ABV beers, the light beers there. I found one craft brewery, so that was good to have. And then a little bit of their local spirit too. But so we know to go, need to go on a detox of alcohol. I'm like, well, I really can't for my job. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also it's like, we don't drink at home in excess. It's like, yeah, yeah. I might have like, two fingers or something at the end of the night, maybe have a finger of this, finger of that, and try something different. But it's not about, like, drinking to excess. Like you said, you don't want to kill your taste buds. Because I've done that where you're drinking... It wasn't so much excess. It was more about drinking... um, Be myopic and only drinking certain products. And you're only tasting the same things over and over again. So when you had something different, um, you didn't really experience anything. It was just about like kind of burnt out on your mm-hmm. tongue because you're drinking so much more consistently, consistently of one uh, one brand or one type of whiskey. So I think it's about kind of experimentation, but on small amounts. I mean, everything in life is about balance, right? Yeah, I mean proportions and all that. I mean balance and all. But I think is it so when you when you're when you're having these things, I think the one thing that really does come to the forefront. And it's not necessarily what's in the glass, in the bottle, in my hand. It's just that time. Mm. What goes to the mind at that time? Is it what's in the glass? Or are you reviewing the day? Are you thinking about tomorrow already? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that could constitute the pour. 
<laughs> Definitely. You know Tomorrow. 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 Yeah. To make it a double. You know, like, it's just, just weird. Um, well, it's important to focus on the moment, though. It is. And that's the thing. It's like, the moment is just right now, like, this. And then I'm looking at the bottles the way they're just uh, aligned. This, you know, it's dreary outside. You know, we got a new friend in Ben now and all. So it's just like, now I can tie these three things to the moment. Absolutely. You know, I just don't know what these three things are. <laughs> well, that's well, do you like them? Which yeah. is cool. Yeah, yeah. But that's the beauty I mean, that's of the anything beauty that you've ever experienced or tried in your life is that it's always there. It's, it's always It's a matter there. about opening your eyes and correct. seeing it in a different perspective. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. Hmm. You're absolutely correct. I just, it's, it's, it's come full circle. It's really cool. You are Andy Warhol. Thanks, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, no, but I, I mean, before we wrap up, Ben, um, is that what uh, kind of brought you to, you know, to the to the group, to the club, um, as an actual employee? You know, I, I, whiskey was such has been such a passion of mine for so long. I, I was not working in the whiskey industry. I didn't really have any ambition to do so at the time. I was yeah. you doing separate, marketing, correct? Um, I was with a tech company okay. before that. Yeah, my gotcha. background was in financial services, okay. so always in kind of a sales role my, my whole career and. Um, but no, I, I you know, I, the, my Instagram page really propelled my interest in whiskey and connected me to you know quite a few different brands. Uh, for me, though, it it was just really only one option. I, I said yeah. I love the Scotch Whiskey Society. Yeah. I love what it's doing. It's it's changed my own whiskey journey in I think a positive way. Um, the only problem is there's no real job opening, so I basically <laughs> called them up and you know, you know over the course of a m- few months, sort of pitched myself and said, hey, look, I just want to help grow yeah. this thing. <laughs> and yeah. here's what I do, and let's put a plan together. And so that took a few months. And um, yeah, I, I hadn't really looked at any other whiskey brand or anything That's for any crazy. job. Crazy. I just, you know, again, very small company and very exciting project in the U.S. You know, we've gone from a very small team to now just a regular small team, you know, <laughs> a year later. And so the success has been phenomenal. And the enthusiasm overall is just, again, Appreciation for whiskey as it is, yeah. Qual- quality where it is, not sugar coated anything, you know, right. other than just the whiskey itself. Gotcha. It's been, I think, really, it's taken off. So, yeah, that's how I got into it. It's been a wild ride. Um, and every day is a new, a new adventure, I guess. Yeah. What do you try to do? I mean, as a, you know, one of the few employees in the U.S., what do you try to do with uh, the society and like grow it on a daily basis? You know, I think a, a big f- focus of ours is word of mouth. Okay. You know, yeah. I, I'm laughing because. Um, it, it just is. Yeah. You, you know, I, I think... Which we what, all are. What we I can, mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what, what, yeah, absolutely. And I think for us, for the society, you know, we're a membership club. And it's important that if people are in, are members of the club, that they're into it. Like, we really, mm-hmm. we really look for... Because, again, we're not just selling whiskey. You, you can buy whiskey from us. We sell whiskey mm-hmm. to members. But it's more about, like, the events that you've been to, Jay. Yeah. It's, it's about the community. And so yeah. it's important that... and we're not an exclusive community. It's if you like whiskey, you want to join it by all means. But mm-hmm. we, we do look for people who are enthusiastic and want to come to the events, want to voice their own opinions of the whiskey, you know, yeah. throw some ideas out there. A lot of our ideas as a club, you know, when it comes down to the product line has, has started from, you know, member recommendations and <laughs> stuff like that. So yeah. anyway, so word of mouth will get you that. If, cool. you, if you advertise so broadly and just attract everybody, um, it works, but I, I think just people have, having people enthusiastic, that's really good. But so facilitating that, yeah. doing a lot of events is a big part of it. Um, 
social media has, a bit, has been a big help. So yeah. that's where it has been social. Yeah. Correct. Um, I think social media has also been great because it's connected members from all over the country and really Definitely. the world, too. Yeah, it's cool, so too. It's, yeah, I agree. Yeah, as an international club, it's really now for the first time mm-hmm. people are people from the U.S. are talking to people in the U.K. sharing opinions <laughs> about these single-cast whiskeys, in which there's only, you know, for some of these, this is 217 bottles yeah. of, of this one, for instance, cool. the first one we had. So there are not many places to turn to to, to talk about no. it, and we all love talking about whiskey. Um, so, yeah, so that's been good social media, word of mouth, doing mm-hmm. a lot of events, um, I, things like this. I mean, just, just having a conversation with, yeah. with people who are in, passionate about whiskey is, is I guess, a big thing. What, what's, what's an event like? So we have different styles of events. Okay. You know, every month, like here in Chicago, yeah. I host one every month. Okay. Um, Where do you, do you host it? And at, we've been doing them at Delilah's. At Delilah's? Lately. Yeah, upstairs. Oh, is that the one you room. went to, Jay? Yep. Yeah, okay. yeah. So we're doing one next week there at Delilah's. Cool. And that's, yeah, we'll bring six or seven whiskeys and that will be coming out either that day or the, the next day for our monthly outturn. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, so every month we'll release our selection called the outturn and, you know, members will sort of li- not line up because they're sitting on their computers or uh, <laughs> sitting by the phone to call our, our team and, and yeah. that's the order. But um, this is an opportunity to taste some of the whiskeys before they come out. What we've been doing more late, more recently is we've been covering up the label I've been covering up the yeah. labels and for the first hour we'll just taste everything blind that's cool not fun. know anything about the whiskey yeah, and then I'll cool. unveil and sometimes I'll ask people just guess what you think it is yeah. Yeah. and it's the most humbling thing we realize oh wow I really was wrong about that it's it's um, like how orchestras you know choose their musicians now it's like behind a screen so you know, there's no bias between right? other sex and the gender oh, or interesting. a person so yeah, yeah okay. it was, because it was, a, it was I can't remember which actual orchestra on the east coast that um uh, started doing that because there that'd was be this, an interesting dating app. They were well, they're like they're choosing more men over women because of a biasy there. Of bias. And with that, like I, that was what I thought the first time I went to an event was just trying this, and I was experiencing more of the palate, more of the flavors um, on the nose, experiencing a lot more from that because I was I didn't have any kind of. Uh, opinions about it because I knew what the distillery was or I even knew what, what even region it was from. Yeah. It gotcha. was just about experiencing the end total whiskey and then sitting there, not experiencing it alone, but with a group of people and talking about it and seeing what our opinions were of how did it taste compared to the nose? Where do you think this might be from? Is there peat in there? Is it a sherry cast finish? You know, what, what it might be in the, you know, I would say probably 60% of the time people were kind of on the right on the right path, and then mm-hmm. other times we were like blown away that it yeah. wasn't from this region. It wasn't aged for this long. And like one of the bottles that I bought was like, initially I was like, yeah, I think it's good. And I started drinking it. I kind of savored my cups and started drinking it more and more. I'm like, this is the one, I think the comment I made, and someone, one of the bartenders of Delilah's agreed with me. It's like, this is one I want to make a cocktail with. I want to gotcha. play, play around with a lot more. And you know, I can experience it in different ways. Mm-hmm. So that was the bottle I ended up buying. You don't have to buy a bottle, but Which you one can. was that? What bottle was that? It was that? a Balbalera. I can't remember which exactly it was, but it's been almost a month now. Yeah. Um, and I was getting married like two days after that. So I was kind of focused yeah. on other things too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, it's, just, it's a cool experience where you can actually go around with like-minded people um, that are from like various backgrounds, different cities too. People yeah. were having to be, I think, Pittsburgh maybe or Philadelphia. Yeah, people were trying. Yeah, because really? a lot of times people people members on are vacation, traveling. Yeah. Um, and they yeah. happen to be here, or yeah, they'll, they'll okay. look at yeah. our website because you know, we have we now have boots on the ground in East Coast, West Coast, Midwest yep. now, and, and Florida nice. as of about a month ago. Yeah, that day almost. So, yeah, 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 yeah. now too. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, nice. So yeah, you know, so now we're hosting events all over the country, and I'm traveling a bit for them too. We're all we're all hosting events. Yeah, okay. that's part of our thing. But um, you should come out to one. I'll t- you know, it's funny because last month we did one at Fountainhead. Mm-hmm. I know you had Bob Zacharias. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're, Bob and I teamed up, and what was cool for this one we did. I brought. You know, six different whiskeys, uh-huh. and Bob and the chef got together and they 
created a di- like a food pairing. For oh, nice. Spot. I was bummed so I missed that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, next month we're doing one at Dovetail Brewery. We'll mm. do it the same oh. thing with like a beer pairing. Yeah. Next door. Okay, cool. Yeah. Right behind us. So. Nice. Uh, so it's, like we were talking before the podcast, the city is just so vast when it comes to beer and food and everything yeah. we have to offer. It's like, well, not why don't you take what's great about you know, you, the society itself and then pair it with the various cities that you're located in and share like the regions together. And yeah, yeah. It's like we're an ambassador of whiskey, but we're also an ambassador of where we come from. Where we yeah. come from. I agree with you. Well said. Yeah. yeah. Community is huge. Community is so huge in what we do. I have the three of us at this yeah. table. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have a question in regards yeah. to your events. Is it a, um, Members only event, or is it open to the public? They're, they're, they're generally they're open they're to the public. Okay, we have you know our it's a ticketed event, you know, just to cover oh, the, the, ba- okay. the basic costs. Gotcha. And we're it's not, you know, we we look at it as not a huge way to make the rarity mo- of whiskeys. We're not really making yeah. money as a business. <laughs> when you're trying twenty six year old whiskeys, you're like, oh, fifty dollars for a night of drinking whiskey. Yeah. It's like, oh, all right, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we, we price it where if you are a member, yeah. for for our standard outer and preview tasting events, gotcha. uh, you pay a lower ticket price. It's a little bit of a member incentive. Yeah. But you no, know, look, we encourage. That's where we get a lot of people will end up joining is yeah. at the events, oh, okay. coming with friends, your, your family, and and, yeah, and just joining. I us, would so. see how that would be very attractive. Yeah. You know, you pay, you know, and then you're like, man, I. This is really cool. I can experience this more yeah. often. Yeah, <coughs> yeah definitely. Awesome. awesome. Well, as the sun is now coming through the windows, guys, yeah. um, and my, before my computer's about to blow up at an hour and 20 minutes, that's right. kind of the <laughs> mile <laughs> marker for my computer. Uh, <laughs> this is a good place to wrap it up. Um, right. As Ben just mentioned, he has some various events coming up. Um, check out the website. Do you want to give it out real quick? Yeah, smwsa.com. So it's Scotch Malt Whiskey Society America. There is an smws.com, but that's a UK site. <laughs> so if, you go to SM, if you're in the US, you go to smwsa.com. Yeah. Uh, click on events. I mean, there are events all over the country taking place, and that's updated, you know, every two weeks or so. Great, and check out so. their Instagram as well. And then Ben's uh, Single Malt Alliance also on Instagram. Um, this is a really great job curating uh, the people he comes in contact with all uh, throughout the whiskey world, and introducing everybody, and having that starting that conversation and driving the conversation of whiskey and community, um, yeah. which we're all about here uh, at Key in the Lake too. Um, Wilson is at three one two Made on Instagram. You can check him out there. And then Union Horse Distilling Co., which is also a great company, which talked about a little. Little bit, just a little bit. Some, just of, those, a bit. some of those high rise, um, but the great products. Check them out as well on Instagram. They do a great job uh, promoting their product too. Uh, and we're at keyinthelake.com and keyinthelake on Instagram. And also, you can find me at Jake Hooky. It's spelled weird. Just figure it out yourself. Uh, <laughs> but uh, also too. Um, uh, thanks for listening. We appreciate appreciate it. And uh, Ben, thanks for being here. Thanks, guys. It's been a blast. Awesome. Cheers. One last cheers. Might as well do it. Might as well do it. Wilson, get in here. <laughs> I got water in there.